Hello, hello, hello. It is The Point. I am the host of this fine show, Brady Pointer. Uh, today, you know, obviously not a whole lot going in the sports world. About, obviously, basketball. We're going to talk about the NBA Finals. Game 2 is tonight. Um, we're going to move on to the Rangers, too. Give a little update on them. Haven't talked about them too much in my previous podcast because they've been sucking some serious ass. Um, not a whole lot to talk about. The only really thing to talk about them was their potential for trades, and we have mentioned that a couple of times. And uh, but I'm gonna talk about them. They've got uh, three people in the All Star game. Gonna talk about that and you know kind of what they did to deserve to get there. And of course, you know trades obviously with the Rangers. They're you know the 20, you know, 19, 20 games below 500. Um, so they're they're definitely looking to make some moves this offseason. What the moves are going to be? Listen, you'll find out. Um, so we're going to start with the NBA Finals Game Two. Uh, the Suns took Game One a couple of days ago. That would have been on what's today Thursday. That would have been on Tuesday. So Suns took Game One on Tuesday, one eighteen one oh five. Chris Paul carried in his first Finals game. This is the first Finals game for everyone on the court except for Jay Crowder. So that that I think that's great for the NBA. Uh, somebody's going to get their first ring the, uh, this year. Somebody's going to get their first ring. I think it's always great no matter who wins. Somebody's getting a ring for the first time this year. Um, a, a, and not just one person on a team, pretty much a whole team. So that's great to see. Uh, Chris Paul, 32 points, 4 rebounds, 9 assists. Fantastic game. Was extremely efficient from the floor. DeAndre Ayton was fantastic. 22, and 9, 22 points, 19 rebounds. Devin Booker had 27 points, but he wasn't very efficient from the field. He was only 1 of 8 from 3. So, But he still dropped 27, so... Can't complain too much about that. And, you know, on the Bucks side, they didn't play too bad either. You know, Giannis had 20 and 17. Chris Middleton had 29 points. You know, Giannis still coming off that, uh, coming off that hyperextended knee. You're not 100% sure if he's 100%. But, uh, I mean, going, you know, 20.17 rebounds, it's hard to say otherwise. Uh, you know, it's just when it comes to the Bucks, they should start finding find some stops. Uh, getting more stops on the, on the, uh, defensive side. Gotta, Got to create some inefficiency in that Suns offense because they're they're cooking right now, they are cooking, and um, you know Drew Holiday he's got to he can't let Chris Paul drop thirty points again. If Chris Paul's dropping thirty this season, this series is over in four or five games. Simple as that. He's going to distribute, he's going to get his assists, but if he's dropping thirty points, series is done. Sorry, Bucks, you're going home in four or five games. Uh, but you know Giannis, like I said, he only took eleven shots. You know if he can come back in game two tonight. And you'll be more active on the offensive end. Why well, I'm saying you know just the offense going through him. Uh, I think the Bucks stand a chance. I do think they're going to take the win tonight. Um, but you know also with the Bucks, gotta get more, gotta get more out of their bench. You know Pat Pat Connaughton played eight, uh, played 28 minutes, only had eight points. So, you know the Suns got 10 points from Cameron Payne and Cam Johnson. You know double digit score, two players double digit scoring off your bench in the playoffs huge. It's going to produce. Wins like this, where you you know where you win 115, 118 to one hundred five, where you win by thirteen points, because your bench gave you twenty. Your two players off your bench gave you twenty. So you know the Bucks need to find a way to get you know, Bobby Porter's going. You know Pat Connaughton maybe can get going a little more. You know uh, find some of those players to step in and fill when Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Giannis are off the court because the, a bench, your bench plays a massive role in playoff success. And the and the Suns have had a good bench the entire series. Cameron Payne has been fantastic all playoffs. I remember a short time ago Cameron Payne was on the Mavericks summer league team. That was like two seasons ago. <sighs> pain and suffering. All I feel is pain and suffering every day. Uh, 
Yeah, so, I, and I think, you know, going into, you know, more bench play, Dario Sarge for Phoenix, he did tore his ACL in that last game. He will not play the rest of the series. Um, looking like he may miss a portion of next season, too, if not all of it. Uh, so, I, and the Sun, like I was going back to the Suns offense, they're really, really good. You know, Bookie, Booker can put up 30 points a night easily, very easily. You know, if Chris Paul's putting up, like I said, Chris Paul's putting up 30, good luck, Bucks. It's going to be over for you quickly. DeAndre Ayton's becoming a star on both ends of the floor. He's breaking out tremendously in these playoffs. I mean, if he goes if he goes 20-plus 20 plus, 20 plus points and double-digit rebounds again, you know, once again, good luck, Bucks. And I think, and I'm pretty sure in the game, the Bucks didn't get, I think the Bucks out-rebounded, and they had a better shooting percentage, a better three-point field goal percentage than the Suns did. The Suns were just more efficient with their shots, and didn't and didn't allow the Bucks to stop them when they were on the offensive end of the floor. That's what I'm talking about where the Suns offense is cooking, you know? And that's why that's why I think the Suns are gonna win in seven. And I'm not saying that's because they won game one. I know it's kind of a bullshit thing because I, I, I was I was questioning whether or not I was gonna make a prediction because I had already played game one and the Suns had won. I figured I'd just talk about it. But no I'm gonna go ahead and say Suns in seven because I don't care. Uh I still, I think the series is going to go six or seven games either way, because uh, I don't think Chris Paul is going to get thirty points tonight. The Bucks have a really good defense. I think they're going to. Um, Mike Budenholzer coaches them up really well. I'm pretty sure they're going to find a way to uh, curtail some of his scoring. But yeah, that's my prediction. I think the Suns are going to get that NBA championship. Uh, bringing in, you know, they have just made their front office has just made some fantastic moves. Drafting or trading for Malik Bridges, you know, getting Chris, bringing Chris, Chris Paul in. You obviously have DeAndre Ayton becoming a star right in front of our eyes. You know, him being pick number one was a great pick. I mean, just because Luka became Luka doesn't mean that DeAndre Ayton pick was bad. It, it, it worked out. It's working out right in front of our eyes. He's a fantastic center. He rebounds the basketball with ferocity, and he can put up points offensively. And that's what you want out of your center. I mean, that's that's what I wish Dallas had. If Dallas had that, they would be in, the, in a position like this where the Suns are. But they don't because Dallas can't build a team for shit. Yep. So that's what you got out of the Suns. Well-rounded offense led by bringing in, led by Chris Paul, and bringing him in was the the final glue that this team needed to reach that next level because you knew what you had out of Devin Booker. Fantastic scorer, can put up 30 points a night with ease. DeAndre Ayton was, was right on the edge of becoming where he is now. And he, he went over that level, and you could bet Chris Paul played a part in that. And I'm not a huge Chris Paul fan, but you cannot sit there and deny the impact that man had on this team. You, you can't. You can't do it. And, I, you know, it's nice that he's finally getting his shot for a finals. You know, he's severely underachieved in the playoffs in his time. And he's had – you can't sit there and blame poor poor cast or poor supporting cast because he had prime Blake Griffin, prime DeAndre Jordan. You know, Doc Rivers was his head coach. He had a good team around him. And this never happened in L.A. You can't blame supporting cast there. He definitely had the people around him to get to that point. It just never happened. You know, injuries, what have you, played a part. Um, in, in Houston, too, they had a fantastic opportunity. Fantastic opportunity to advance. And just couldn't do it. And, of course, you know, say injuries there, too. But they had two, they had two, two chances in Houston. Couldn't do it. So, and now he's finally getting his chance. And you love to see it. And you also love to see two smaller market teams in the NBA Finals. You know, no no Miami, no Golden State, no L.A. It is the Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks finally getting in. The Bucks have been good in the East for a few years now. 
the Bucks finally getting there. And then you got the Phoenix Suns. You know, the Phoenix Suns put up, put away the Lakers in the first round. Put away LeBron and AD like they're nothing. Then you come out and beat the Nuggets. Then you take down the Clippers, even though the Clippers didn't have Kawhi. Still take them down. Uh, and, they, and they made it through a very tough Western Conference. Very tough Western Conference. And true NBA fans love this shit. They want to see a different, they want to see some variety in the finals. Tired of seeing the same two teams. I think this is the first year in like a decade or something that the finals haven't featured, you know, a LeBron or a KD or a Steph. Uh, so, yeah, and it just goes to show, and it's good for these smaller market teams when they're tracking free agents. You know, Phoenix and Milwaukee can make it to the finals. You know, they can beat the Lakers. They can beat, you know, the the Clippers. They can beat the Nets. They can beat all these bigger the bigger teams in these huge markets and uh, take them down pretty easily, I might say. So, that's great for basketball. And you know what? Screw the execs that are all about the money. You know, the fans loving this shit. The true fans loving this. All right? Casual NBA fans, casual sports watchers, who cares what they think? You know, this is great. Love to see some variety. Love to see some new people getting some rings. And that's what we're going to see this year. Now, moving on to uh, a little bit of baseball talk. A Rangers update here. The Rangers are going to have three All-Stars this year. And that's nice, given the fact that they are... Um, what is their record? It is 34 and 53. So, yeah, that's uh that's great to see Joey Gallo, Adolis Garcia, Kyle Gibson. And I think Kyle Gibson is really more than deserving. Um fantastic season. He's got a 2.29 ERA. That's second behind former Ranger Lance Lynn who's having who's been having a fantastic last few years pitching the baseball. Good for him. Uh and he was uh Gibson was first in ERA before yesterday's game. He gave up five earned runs in that loss um, to the Tigers. So that did, some, did a little bit of damage to the ERA. It was sub two. It was like 1.98, 1.99, something like that. So he was sub two there before yesterday's start, and that was first in the AL. And I think he's he's had a fantastic season. He's obviously one of the best pitchers in baseball right now, uh, just statistically. He's doing a lot. He's throwing a lot of strikes. He's got a lot of movement on his pitches. And it, when I watch him pitch, he, he has batters guessing. Okay, He paints the corners left and right. And he is very, very solid at getting pitchers, getting batters to look. He does not get them to swing and miss. They are just looking because he paints those corners so well. Uh, and moving on to Adolis Garcia, you know, the rookie sensation. Thank you, Cardinals. We'll take that. Um, he's been fantastic all season. Uh, his May was crazy. Had 11 home runs in May. Uh, he's slowed down a tad bit since then. Uh, since then, his average is around 256, 780 OPS, hitting five home runs. But when it comes to leading the rookies, he is first among rookies in home runs, first in RBI, and first in slugging. And he is second among AL outfielders in home runs. That's right behind Joey. He has 21 home runs. Uh, Adolis has 21. And then... Uh, Adolis is tied seventh in the majors in RBIs at 60. So he's still tops of the tops of the league in some of these major hitting hitting categories, and he's been fantastic all season long. Someone the Rangers could depend on hitting behind Joey, and you know, or in front of Joey, either or. And it's been 
a fantastic duo having them in the lineup. And now moving on to the guy I'm going to talk about a little bit more than those other two, Joey Gallo, who's been absolutely mashing the ball. It is crazy what this man is doing every time he steps up to the plate. 10 home runs in 10 games. His OPS, and this all really stems from when Rob Manfred made, or starting enforcing the use of sticky stuff from on baseballs. And ever since then, you know, spin rates have dropped and, you know, Joey has started crushing balls. You know, his OPS since then leads the majors 1.468. That that really good. That's good. That's really good. Uh it's been it's been about three weeks since that happened. So let's just talk about the progression, you know, Joey's had, especially in his slugging percentage over the course of the season. We had a lot of there's a lot of issues, a lot of talk about his power. Uh, at the beginning of the season, he was still drawing a lot of walks. His OPS, or uh, is not his OBP, his on-base percentage has been really good all season long. It's been hovering around 400. I think it's point. I think it's 395 right now, um, but it's been above 400 for most of the season. And uh, but his slugging, his his lack of power at the beginning of the season to where it is now, it's night and day. You know, in April he was slugging 301, May 484, and that's way way below what we expect out of him. Then come to June, 671. Big jump there from 484 to 671. And then so far in July, in seven games, he's had four home runs. He's slugging 950 right now. That's just his slugging. You want to see OPS numbers. You want to see on-base plus slugging up around 900. His slugging by itself is just 950 in the month of July so far. Seven games. So, and, and not to mention the home runs. and The 10 in 10 games... He has been absolutely crushing the ball. I just said it, and it's fantastic. He had 10 home runs just in the month of June, four so far in the seven games this month. Like I said, 10 in his last 10 games. A few, couple multi-home run games thrown in there, and he is a terror every time he steps up to the plate. He is an absolute terror every time. And it has earned him a spot in the All-Star Game and the, and the Home Run Derby. You know, him hitting baseballs in that Colorado altitude, oh boy, they are going to fly. I expect to see at least a few 500-foot home runs. Maybe more than that in uh, in the Home Run Derby. So, and without yeah, without this tear, he probably doesn't make either of those events. He probably doesn't. And I think it was Manfred that put him in as well because of just what he has done at the plate is can't go unnoticed now of course with this you know there's been trade questions about gallo all season long even even gibson as well not adult i don't think the rangers are going to get rid of adoles they're going to hang on to him um but gibson's been a part of some rumors um gallo's been the bigger name of the team and now with this recent hot streak he's on there's going to be some definite questions asked to that rangers front office what's their plan with him uh, do they do they want to move him or are they going to extend him because that's coming up as well and i think when it comes to trading him, okay, you need to figure out where you see yourself in the rebuild, how aggressive you're going to be in free agency, uh, and they need to decide if this man, if they want this man to be the cornerstone of the franchise. Because when you're extending him, that's essentially what you're doing. And I know this team wants to be aggressive in free agency, and you know, could they have the second pick coming up? There's a lot of there's a lot going on with the Rangers at the moment, uh, off the field, not so much on the field. You know, there's a lot of thinking of the future. You know, you got to 
figure out where this just where this team is in their rebuild. Where do you see the younger guys coming up? Where do you see the Josh Young, the Bubba Thompson, the Cole Wynn? You got Cole Reagans down there seeing LA. He's pitching well. Hans Kraus. Where do you see these players in their major league development? You know, if in the hall is the big part of this. What would you get back if you traded Joey Gallo right now? That is the big, big, big factor of this. Got to make sure you're getting something good here. You know, when they traded away, you Darvish, they got you know, AJ Lexi. I think he's in double A right now. They got obviously Willie Calhoun. You know, his injury history hasn't been great, but a lot of it's bad luck. He's been hit by pitchers twice. You know, got hit in the face last uh, last season. Got hit, uh, just broke his forearm. Got hit in the ball with the arm. Got hit in the arm with the ball few games ago and now he's about to go over, under, undergo surgery for that so he's had bad luck with injuries can't really blame him on those things it's just bad to see you know what are you going to do that's how baseball go and you know good no Rosara trade you know got steel walker haven't seen much out of steel walker yet so you know you got to make sure your haul's good enough and i i really don't think that the rangers are going to get enough of a return to get rid of joey gallo I really don't think it is. I really think they're going to end up having to extend him. Um, maybe if the Rangers do move somebody, it's more of like a uh, you know back end of the bullpen type of guy, Brett Martin, Ian Kennedy, someone like that, because the Rangers obviously do have Jose LeClerc and Jonathan Hernandez um, returning next season after their uh, respective Tommy John surgeries, after they recover from those. So and they obviously Gibson is a piece that Texas could move, but Texas is really unsure about their future arms at the moment. And having a sure piece in there like Kyle Gibson would would be nice, would bode well um, for the future. And I do believe the, Tech, the Rangers have some control over Gibson as well. So I do think if I do think if the Rangers make a move, it will be a smaller one. I really don't know if they're going to get rid of the big pieces this year, um, just because of what Gallo is doing. His value is high, but I just don't think teams have seen enough consistency out of him to warrant his value being high enough, in my opinion, or warrant the package being good enough, in my opinion. Um, so I do think if it will be, it will be a smaller move, like an Ian Kennedy, Brett Martin type of deal, um, where the Rangers just unload some of their bullpen guys and make room for some of the younger pitchers to come up and, you know, get some work in once the September call-ups happen. And, you know, the Rangers are, you know, like I said, they are 34 and 53, so they're probably not making the playoffs this year. Probably not happening, and they're probably a few more years away from making the playoffs as well. And that also factors into re-signing Joey as well. If if the Rangers feel that they are, you know, it's going to be 2024, 2025 before they can compete, then maybe they just go ahead and get bite the bullet and trade Gallo. So that's that's an issue as well. If the Rangers feel that they're just maybe a couple years away, maybe they hold on to him. It could be aggressive in free agency. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, anyway, I think that's about it for the point. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, please like and share. I appreciate it all. My name is Brady Pointer once again. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all next time.